Welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people who are trying to live their most fulfilling life, which often tends to be on a much different path than it started out on. Whether it was changing careers, getting laid off from a job which sparked their entrepreneurial journey, or breaking through the noise to answer their calling. All of these types of situations and more, but they wouldn't have gotten to where they're at today if they didn't get started. We talk about the why and the how of these getting started moments and the lessons learned along the way. I'm grateful to have you listening in along on this episode, so let's get it started. On this week's episode, I welcome in Lathan Kraft, who is the founder of Made for Purpose. Let me give you a quick background on Lathan, and then we'll jump into the episode. Lathan is an international best-selling author and highly respected speaker. He is the host of the nationally recognized podcast, The Other Side of the Church, which features regular guests such as Matthew West, Blanca, and Bob Goff, who Lathan has worked closely with. Lathan has been featured on various podcasts and radio shows such as The Crappy Christian Podcast, Are You Real Podcast, and Faith Positive Radio. He is the founder of Made for Purpose, a coaching and consulting business helping people work in their design and description. He is the founder of A Heartbeat from Hope, a nonprofit organization giving individualized hope to the most hopeless of places. He is also the founder of Afterwards, helping writers write their story before it's too late. Lathan has degrees and is highly esteemed in psychology, counseling, leadership, and ministry. He has been regarded as an expert in belonging, ostracization, and the power of words. Ultimately, Lathan has devoted his life to researching and articulating the importance of belonging and how words truly can change the world. I hope you all enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Lathan. So without further ado, please welcome in Lathan Kraft. Lathan, welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you, man. Brian, so good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited to, to chat with you. I always like to, you know, one of the things, gosh, doing this podcast for almost four years now, just getting to talk with so many different people from yeah. so many different, you know, parts of parts of the world and different backgrounds and all that stuff. So your, uh, your story was kind of interesting, some of the research I did. And I'll let you fill in a lot of the gaps today. And really curious to learn because there was some overlap with some things in the, the way I think with uh, you know belonging being such a big part of happiness and finding happiness. It seems like that's kind of where you fall as well. And I want to get into some of this other stuff, but can you, can you take me back a little bit? Because I always like to, you know, for folks, especially around getting started, and we all have odd or crazy, or sometimes I guess it's more general stories of how we actually got started on the path we're on. But was there a turning point that you can share or you remember that was really eye-opening of that kind of got you away from maybe just status quo, normal upbringing stuff to say, wow, this is actually the path that I should be on and I want to be on. Any Anything you'd share to start? It's a great question. I love that question. Um, it's not theory. It wasn't theory for me. It wasn't textbooks. It wasn't university courses. It wasn't anything like that, though I have done those things. It was life. Um, I think I, I, I've lived and experienced a lot of life, specifically a lot of pain, mm-hmm. uh, just in different different capacities. And it came to the tip. The tipping point for me was I can either be Eeyore about this or I can make this my life mission. You know what I mean? Like I can I can either say, oh, poor, pitiful me. This is how my life is going to be, or that rhymes. Or I can just say, you know what? Like there are people apart from myself who, in different areas of experience, this pain, whether it be belonging or not not belonging to corporate America, whatever it may be. I, I decided that 
the, the circumstances that life threw at me, I wanted to capitalize on as opposed to just cower under. What were some of those? Can you share a couple of those? Or what, what got you down maybe early on? Yeah, so I was raised in an unconventional home. My mom and dad both died before I was seven years old. So I was raised by my grandparents um, in a very conservative um, Baptist religious house. And so I was raised under this thing that I was going to become, but I didn't fit in that mold. And so for a long time in my early childhood and middle and adolescence, I was trying to figure out who I was apart from the system that was trying to raise me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife and I, the, we, we met uh, through uh, college, but the interesting fact about us is our moms both commit suicide in the same month, same year of our life. And so we both have this pain mentality of really wanting to help people who have experienced brokenness in our personal area or in other areas. And then when I got into the corporate America workforce, I realized that I didn't fit there either. And so it was just just like, I went from job to job in this, where my degree was and realized that the the system wasn't working and wasn't beneficial for each individual. And so in that capacity, I decided, man, I, I want to just take a leap of, (laughs) let's see how this goes and, and devote the rest of my life to helping people who find themselves in these separate areas uh, for the rest of my life. Wow, that's I can't imagine. You know, I have a nine-year-old, and I'm just kind of thinking, like, geez, what would happen? You know, yeah. how could he think? Can I ask? And and if you don't want to share, please no, decline. But like, do you remember? Like, do you have memories of that? Because I'm trying to remember. I don't have a ton of memories like prior to the age of ten. You know, they're yeah. scattered. I, yeah. Maybe I've seen them from like video, you know, VHS tapes. You know, remember yeah. those back in the day. Um, but like, do you have memories of of your parents? Like, do you remember them? Do you remember that? And and then after the fact, was that just something that was it just became normal, or did that bother you? Did that affect you as you were growing? Um, it's a great question. I think um, it bothered me on milestone moments, you know what I mean? Like I only miss my parents in milestone moments. So like marriage, high school graduation, college graduation, or it may be even the birth of my own kids there, you, you feel the absence of them. But as far as memories of them, I have a different memory of my mom than my sister does. I don't have a memory of my dad because he died when I was 10 months old. Um, but my stepdad, I do remember very vividly because that's where a lot of my childhood trauma comes from. Um, but my mom is very compassionate and nurturing in, in my memories of her, just how she, how she was to me, how she fought for me. as a, Like in relation with my stepdad, how she decided to go with me inside with me and protect me. So those are memories that I have of her. And it, if, if I had my stepdad for 18 years and my mom for 18 years, it would have changed drastically. Number one, my course of life. And number two, the way I parent my kids, because I parent my kids now differently because of the absence of, of my template, if you will, of how to parent, as opposed to if I had them my whole life. Yeah. And that was just the hand that you got dealt, you know, so you kind of didn't know any better. Um, so yeah, certainly a lot of things would have been different potentially, you know, yeah. had, had the circumstances been different. You, know, you mentioned that you touched on something briefly uh, is around the corporate side, you know, like you, you even as you kind of got older, went to corporate, job, you just found like, hey, I didn't fit into this mold. I, I felt different. What what was it about it? Was it a, just a feeling you had? Was it how you interacted with people? Was it something kept eating at you that you should be doing something different? What can you share a little bit? Because I know we all go through that. 
Yeah, I think corporate America has this fit in type mentality. I mean, you're seeing it. You're seeing it a lot right now, post pandemic, or are we post pandemic? But just that idea of there's going to be a hiring surge, and people are going to people are going to get jobs, new jobs, and we really just need to put butts in seats, right? Like that's all we need to do is just make make you a person that works in an organization, and it's your humanity and who you actually are is completely diminished and takes the complete back burner for a lot, for most of corporate America jobs because they're hiring based on the title, not based on your person. And so that's where I found this tension as I was had a degree for a, for a, a field of work that I really was passionate about. I got into said field of work and I was a title and what I wanted to bring and what I, what I was passionate about and my uniqueness, if you will, it was, was second best compared to the, the momentum of corporate America. And it's just a steam train of we're going this way and you better hop on or hop off, but it doesn't have to be that way. Well, so I'm curious then because a lot of folks go through that and yeah. they're just like, well, I'll just deal with it. You know, yeah. could be worse. You know, I'll just, I'll stick through it. Like I'm not happy maybe, but I'll keep doing it. What also triggered, what like ultimately triggered the change? And then how did you make the change? Yeah. Um, I like to say that, that almost corporate America gave me this anesthesia, right? Like, which is this stick with it mentality of it's how it's always going to be. It's how it's always been. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I just, maybe it's part of my childhood, but I just have a problem with status quo as far as like, I don't like the, the answer. That's how it's always been. Therefore that's how it's always going to be. It doesn't have to be. I mean, that's, that's the, if we're talking about new normals now in our society, it has to be a new normal because whatever was passed didn't work. And so that's, that's why I stepped out and said, you know what, I will sacrifice revenue. I'll sacrifice all those things to launch something that I believe in because I know there are hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of people like me who either are in this mentality, like you just mentioned of it's how it's always been, unless something is introduced to them that's different or are just in corporate America starting out and they're just feeling the tension of, man, what I feel like I was created for doesn't matter here. And it doesn't have to be that way. Did you rip the bandaid off and leave a corporate job and then get started? Or did you kind of sidestep it a little bit um, and, and slowly start building before you were able to, to actually leave? I, I literally did not even have a domain for, for this idea. Um, and I, and the only, really the only way to do this was to step out completely. And so it was a two week notice the next day, talking to my wife beforehand and saying, Hey, just a heads up, uh, this is going to happen. Um, and her, she is my biggest supporter. Uh, but it was just this idea of, okay, we're, we're going to do it and we might as well do it now. So why wait? Was she supported the first time you mentioned that or was, was there a little bit of a, wait a minute, let's talk. There was, there was a little, there was a little bit of, uh, we got two kids. Um, and then the more she saw how my work was like literally killing my soul and like my personality and my creativity and all those things, she was, uh, she said, okay, you need to step out and do something about this because I, I, I didn't have to say it. My whole body was showing it. Yeah. Did you have, was she working as well? Um, yeah, and, and you yeah. so, you, so you had that at least support on that end. Uh, right. it, it was going to be a tight you know, struggle, but you at right. least had something there to kind of move forward. Were you giving yourself a runway at all of, hey, I'm going to give myself 12 months or 18 months or something. I got to figure something out. Like how, what was the, 
what was the initial timeline in your head to get things going? And, and, and you said you didn't have a domain, like, did you have an idea? Yeah. Sort of, or. Yeah. So my, my wife's agreement to me was 12 months. So she said, if you're not making any revenue by 12 months, you're going back into corporate America. And so that corporate America was like a PTSD trigger for me at that point. So I was like, okay, deal. Um, So that was my runway for a while. And as far as the name made for purpose, I, Really, uh, I was surprised it was available as far as a domain goes, by the way, because it, because I feel like it, our work gives us purpose. Um, but I, the, the struggle for me was, why, why are we living as if we're not made for purpose? Mm-hmm. So I, the opposite of it was what made me find the name, because I was questioning for so long, why are people like living and working as if they're not made for purpose. And then I was like, well, this is available. So it, it came uh, off the tongue because I'd already been talking about it and dialoguing with it for so many people. So what was the plan to coach and help people? Was it to, and I saw you, and maybe we can get into this a little bit. I saw you wrote a book several years ago. Um, <laughs> and so I'm kind of curious about that a little bit, cause that's a, that's a, a different thing, but what was the idea? Like, how were you going to impact people? How were you going to go through one-on-one coaching? Was it going to be group setting? Like, what, what were you thinking initially? I wanted to meet people where they were financially. And so what I mean by that is I want to offer multiple different entrees, if you will, for what I want to communicate. So for the person that's working, say McDonald's job, there's, I wanted to offer like a video course for them, right? Like if they, if they've been there for, 20 years and it's just like the mundane of well, this is how it's going to be. This is, this is my life. I want to offer something that they, they can afford as a, and then translate that with the individual coaching for anybody that really wants it. You can recommend Don's job or not if you want the individual coaching, but that would be the, 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 the most valuable, most value out of this made for purpose organization is one-on-one with a coach. Um, we're walking through, we're, we're taking you from point A to point B seamlessly in this journey that you're going to be on with us. When you get, you know, I know I I struggle with this a lot. We can maybe get even, even you writing the book, like I write different books that we do in the podcast, you know, some coaching, some other stuff. And there's a lot of moments actually just went through ironically, like this past week of just like feeling a little down in the dumps, not kind of, you know, and, and going through that. And I had to kind of kick myself back into gear. Were there a lot of those moments as you were building this, where you're just like, what the heck am I doing? <laughs> uh, every night, because my I office out of my grandparents' house and my, my house is about two miles on the road every night for about six months, I would drive home and be like, what? what are you doing and who cares? And so it was this inner imposter that was speaking to me and saying, nobody's going to give a crap about what you're doing. So why are you, why are you doing it? Um, and every voice that I was hearing on the outside was affirming and encouraging the lot as being my wife. But when you build it and you feel like you're just building out in the middle of nowhere and there's no territory really, and there's mm-hmm. nobody that's around right now, uh, nobody cares about your house until it's built. You know what I mean? Nobody cares until you have pictures, until you have success stories, all those things. Um, and so that was that voice you're talking about, the down in the dumps, the imposter was screaming <laughs> for so long in my head. When did, was there a, like a breakthrough moment you remember like, okay, wait a minute, this is starting to click. This is starting to hit. I'm making an impact. Do you, do you remember the exact moment? 
Yes, I do. Um, it was it was not a moment I had planned for, if you will. Like I didn't think that it just this moment would would be the end of that. Um, but it was in a coach. I have a coach, and so it was in, in a coaching conversation with my coach. And he said so bluntly, but it was about something I, I, I was basically avoiding the issue at hand. I wasn't talking about my imposter. I was talking business numbers. And he said, if you're not going to do it, who else will? And it was just that like, uh, oh, okay. Okay. Then uh, I, I don't want to waste any more time. And it was just a question was all I needed to affirm. Okay. Nobody else is doing it. Why not me? And why am I so beating myself up about this if I'm not if I'm the only one that's doing it? Yeah. When you talk, so when you're coaching with different folks, what are you hearing from them as what, what's their hesitations about starting a new path, a new journey? What are some uh, of the big ones that come up? The non-guarantees are the, are the biggest ones. Um, corporate America gives you this mentality of guaranteed revenue, which guaranteed revenue isn't guaranteed because you could die tomorrow. So it's just, you have this idea of how much you're going to make, but this men, this security mentality ha, it scares a lot of people, rightfully so, uh, out of making a new, trailblazing a new path because family, because all of these things that are coming up, um, the the idea of not being secure is way too terrifying for people. Have you found, you know, at least, in, and I've went through this, but I found this a lot of folks, you know, I, I talk with as well around um they've bought so much crap, basically, like they have so much stuff that that is really what they're, the reason they work is because they have to pay their, maybe it's their oversized mortgage or house payment. Maybe they, they should have went less. Maybe it's the car they have. Maybe it's all the toys. And not saying you can't have some of those things, right. you know, the, the niceties in life. I, I get it. But is that something, do you hear a lot as well as like that struggle to like, how am I going to keep? Because if, like, if I don't have those, that's my, you know, I, I think that's that label we put on ourselves of like, that's who I am, right? But really, what's, it's just. What's not. wild is a lot of people that I hear those types of stories aren't their own choices. So it's the wife wants a new house or my husband wants a new car or things like that. That They're literally overworking and overspending themselves and taking away just breaking down their humanity of in the name of paying off this, whatever it may be, that wasn't their choice. They just wanted to satisfy somebody else. And so it's this, this, I'm not important. Who I am is important, which is a lie that corporate America or somebody else has told you. And because I'm not important, I want to make sure everybody else's others needs are met at my, at my dime. I'm curious to have this conversation around because this gets talked about a lot is around the purpose and finding your purpose. And it takes over. I mean, it took me a, a many years, you know, yeah. until just maybe, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, but when you're working with folks, are they like hesitant to explore something? Here's where I'm trying to get at. And again, I don't know if you go through this or not, because the, the whole thing, like when I went through this to kind of figure out, you know, my purpose and all this stuff, it's almost like I wanted to avoid the actual answer and what it really was, because you want the more glamorous, the more like, mm. oh, this is cooler type thing. But when you actually kind of, you know, accept it and you know, kind of respect that this is who I am and this is what I want to give to the world, it's it's eye-opening. So do you find that there's a lot of battle? Maybe it's yourself you went through of like, is this really what I should be doing? Or, or is it, you know, is there something different out there for me? 
What's really funny is when you ask people what they think their purpose is, they will give you every answer that's not their purpose. Um, because in my opinion, and it's just my, and it's been confirmed in several conversations, but it hasn't been theoretically proven. I think your purpose is found in your pain. I think who you are and what you, what you contribute to the world is found in some form of pain you've experienced in any capacity, right? Like what, whatever type of pain you had, your purpose, because that like you're passionate about things, you things you, you have scars from you're passionate about things that you've gone through and your passion and therein lies your purpose. And so when I had those conversations, the pain idea, not glamorous, it's really, they probably still haven't worked through it. And so when I mentioned, what if that, what if that could be your purpose? It's, it can't be. Why? Because it's just, that's, that, that, that's personal. It holds a deep place in me. And so that's what I've found most, most revealing is for a lot of people, most people, if not all people that I've talked to, um, when you ask them what the purpose is, if they don't know it and you ask them what, what pain experiences they've had, you'll find their purpose. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Cause I, I look back again at mine is, uh, you know, just around kind of helping people discover happiness and kind of get on that road to, to, um, to find their trifecta of happiness as I call it. But it's because of all the things I went through in childhood and not, you know, not having attention and needy and like yeah. feeling like I wasn't, I didn't belong kind of going back to the belonging that we mentioned at the beginning, like I didn't have belonging. So bringing people to that place where they feel that they belong somewhere and their, their voice, not, not just as heard, but their voice is actually being respected as something valuable, you know, holds weight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, so I, I agree with you. I think that the, the pain you're right is like, that does, ha- that holds a lot of answers, but it's, it's a struggle to, yep. to get there. Is there any practices you go through anything that maybe you find is um, maybe someone listening in might, tr- you know, maybe they can try today, something they can get into their head about to find that pain a little bit more, even if it is difficult. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, there are a couple of different things that I encourage and they're, they're really, <laughs> it's weird to say outer body experiences because it's not, not the, in that sense you may think, but it could be writing a letter to that person that was in that pain um, as yourself and forgiving yourself for the pain that you've experienced because that's a, that, that closure is what a lot of people don't have, which leads that wound, not a scar. And so it was just open and bleeding for however many years. Um, or it could just be you, if you're driving or if you're in an office, have an empty chair and talk to that person who was in pain and tell them how you're going to redeem that in their life and tell them how you're going to do what you're going to do about that pain. Now that you 20, 30, 40, hundred years later, how you're going to change your life because of that, that experience. I think it's our pain. If it's unsolved, if it's unresolved is found in closure. The reason, the reason we haven't resolved it is because we haven't closed it. We haven't said, Hey, I see you, your voice matters, even though everybody else told you it didn't. And because of that, I really, as, as hard as it is, and I I've done it multiple times and I weep every time as hard as it is, it, it, it is so profound and empowering uh, to walk from that space that really the pain, the deepest pain was in and to be who you are now and say, I'm going to make a difference. Hmm. And, you know, we were talking about belonging. I want to bring it up one more time because I want to hear your take on it or, 
you know, maybe just your, I guess, your thoughts of, of how you came to know that belonging is something very relevant and important to this journey and, and to get, I guess, people over that hump, right, is, is to have that belonging. Where did, where did you discover that? When did that become important for you? Um, let's, let's do a bird's eye view, of not just let's, let's pour ourselves out of corporate America. I used to be a pastor. And so in the church world, which is where the book came from, um, in church world, belonging is almost like the market ploy, right? Of like, my church is different because you'll belong when actually the American culture is very fit in. And so the church uses words like welcome home or come as you are or things like that, that could be trigger words for a lot of people in the name of belonging, when really belonging is a process. I, I, I like to say the, the words I like to use are becoming belonging. I don't think belonging is a, hey, Brian, you and I belong. I don't think that's possible. I think belonging is a process of you can come in and over time you will belong, but only after certain things happen, only after you feel that you can be your honest self, only after you think you can fully be human in this space and nobody's expecting anything less of you. Um, and so this idea, this culture, which America is, could, could have started in corporate, could have, could have not, but it's almost like this pull up a chair mentality of like, hey, come on, like you fit in, just, just, just come. When really humanity, like humans as, as individuals desire and thrive in belonging, but belonging is messy and belonging takes time. And so it's just this process that in, in the fast paced culture we live in, we don't want to give time to when really we all desire and need belonging. If I unpack that a little bit, you're, what you're trying to say is you can't, it, it's not just as simple as, Hey, come over here. Like, yeah, you're part of this group. And then we like, Hey, I'm a part of this group. It's really, we have to position ourselves. We have to go through some work to realize why are we a part of this group? What are the, yeah. what are the values that we share similar? Like how am I kind of going to be sticky, so to speak in this? Yes. Is, that, is that what you're getting at? There's a little bit more to it than just, Oh yeah. Welcome. You're here. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a part of this group. Choose your illustration. I'm a part of this group until I say something, right? Like until I do something that's contrary to what the group wants, I'm a part of the group. And so that's not belonging. Belonging is whatever it costs you're here. Like whatever, whatever it takes, you're here. And so that's why we are so attuned and accustomed to this fit in of pull up a chair, just just be here versus belonging, which is involves both parties. Like you selling me to come here doesn't really impact you, it just gives you another person to talk to, right? right. But belonging means I have to be fully myself and you have to be fully yourself right. for us to belong and commune. Yeah. And that's that's so antithetical to the culture. And antithetical to really just this idea of who we're supposed to be, that it's just, it, it's a lost art. Well, and, and I think there has to be some tension as well. Like, it, it's okay that, like, you and I can get in a disagreement here and not agree on something or go back and forth. It doesn't mean there's not, we're not respecting one definitely. another. It doesn't mean we don't. And I think that, well, we definitely see that's polarized today from a political standpoint. All this is like, even if someone disagrees on some of those things, it doesn't mean you can't respect them and be like, hey, I understand. I, I, I can, I can, un I don't agree with you, but I understand the perspective that you have and how you came to that conclusion. I don't know why that doesn't exist that much today. Mm -hmm. It just baffles me. But that's when I look at belonging. It's like, we can have a disagreement. We could, we could argue up and down of like, no, I don't agree with this because of X, Y, and Z. You might have a different piece, but we can walk away as friends and be like, you know what? 
hey, I learned something new today. Yep. I, I even though I don't agree with you still, I learned something new. I've I've grown as a person because I've accepted you and your opinions. I didn't yes. shut you down, you know? Yes. Yes. And I didn't personally attack who you are as a person. Right. Based on our disagreement. And like you just said, I'm a better person because of our disagreement. And that's it, it can't be that way. I mean, look on social media, right? Like it yeah. can't, it, it can't be that it has to be either, or either you're for me or you're against me. And if you are bye. if you're, if you're not, then hello, but only to an extent. And so belonging is that space that you just talked about of let's dialogue. Let's become, let's be intelligent human beings in dialogue and let's leave better. Even if I think you're the dumbest person in the world. <laughs> yeah. Now that's a fair point. <laughs> What uh so let's say someone's getting, you know, they're they're listening to this, they're in the process of like, how do you know? And maybe it's not leaving their corporate job yet, but it's hey, you know, I gotta get started. I, I have these ideas, I have these thoughts. I, I something keeps pounding me, like, hey, I gotta do this. Like this, this is there's a there's a greater mission here. What would be the best piece of advice, insight? Maybe it's a quote. I like to say it's, you know, it could be the size of a post-it note if I have to stick it on my computer every day. Um, what have you learned in your journey over the years that's maybe been the most impactful you'd share to that person? Um, everything has an expiration date. And so I think that that desire or that urge that you may be feeling won't be there forever. And there, there were so many of those urges that I ignored um, until finally here I am talking to you as a business owner. Um, but if I actually capitalize on earners that I had before, who knows where I'd be, but all that to say, it's not going to, you're not going to, because it's so easy for us to say, Oh, tomorrow I'll think about that. Or oh, I'll, maybe the next year I'll come back to that when I have such and such, or when I'm such and such a person, uh, it may not be there tomorrow. That urge may not be there. And so, Everything has an expiration date. And so while you have breath, capitalize on it. Do you think, I'm curious just on the opportunities of choosing, because you mentioned, hey, maybe you, you misstepped on a couple. Now, obviously, you're probably happier where you're at. You know, it worked <laughs> out just because, you know, again, I think it it works out if we believe it can work out, if we have a good mindset yeah. on it. But how did you decide, like, do you feel you really missed out on those opportunities or do you think you made a decision at that time that was best for you? Cause that's all we come down to is like, is it the decision-making process? Is this the best thing for me? And then how do I make that decision? Yeah. I think, uh, what's beautiful is I, I, by me saying I, I didn't, I didn't capitalize on them. I definitely went on a journey with them. Um, as far as what would this look like, or maybe, maybe I'm physically playing it out and something else made the decision for me. And so an, an, out, an outside, the factor I can't control said, whether it be where I was or finance or things like that, something said no. Mm-hmm. And so therefore I just, I, I didn't do it. Now here we are five, 10 years later down the road and n- nothing, no outside factor to saying no, which means that this decision is something I need to walk fully into as, and so if you have an urge, something will tell you no. If if it's not, if it's not right, 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 right now, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't capitalize on it. What are you excited about the next? I know, I know you are you past the twelve month expiration date. Your month, your your your. Uh, <laughs> I'm in month ten right now. I'm in month ten. I'm in month ten right now. All right, fair enough. So you're gonna you're gonna get past it then. You're gonna. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> what what's the next? You know, six. 10, 12 months look like for you? What are you excited about? What do you have going on? 
man, I'm so excited about more stories, more experiences, more people that have been down this journey and have whatever journey it may be. Um, and we've crossed paths in this thing called life. And I'm excited to hear more stories and excited to have, have more people on my team that are hearing the stories and just blowing this thing up and scaling it to what we can make it. Um, but I'm really passionate. I, I just love stories. I think scars tell stories and I really love, love the art of storytelling. Awesome. So let me ask you this. Let, let, let's go in the future a little bit. So if, if you and I talk two years from now, we did another podcast or just had a, a, a coffee. If I came down there to Texas, we had a coffee or something <laughs> like that in person. Um, what would you hope would be the topic of discussion? Like, what do you, what would you hope you've, you would have had accomplished the next two years? Are there certain goals you have? Are there things that you want to get done? Yeah, I would hope, first of all, that you're very familiar with me for purpose. I would hope that would be number one. Um, number two, I would hope that, I, I would hope number one, I wouldn't be too busy. Um, because I think that, um, and with my personality, I want more, I want more on my load, I want more, but I really want to be a good husband and dad first. And so I really hope that I've managed and controlled my time enough to have people that are scale that are working alongside me. And I really hope that the whole time we have coffee, we just talk about stories and then you tell me to shut up. Uh, because I, I really hope that um, there are so many hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, that have been through this made for purpose journey and have started things that you're not familiar with. Maybe we're in a coffee shop that somebody else went through made for purpose and said, you know what? Like I've always had a passion to make a coffee shop and here I am. And we're sitting there having coffee. That's awesome, dude. Man, this has been a lot of fun. It's always good to kind of go on some wild tangents around some stuff. But I think, you know, again, hitting the point home of, I think we all can, we all can, and it's not just getting started with something big. I, I think it's even the small steps. Those build maybe, those small rocks, right, can build into some bigger uh, bigger things. So I certainly appreciate your uh, your insight here, some of your thoughts. And if everyone wanted to say hello, check you out online, where's the best place? Lathancraft.com, madeforpurpose.us, those two websites. Um, Lathancraft.com has the Made Purpose link, but if you want to go directly to Made for Purpose, it's madeforpurpose.us. Awesome. Like, thank you so much for being on. This, is, uh, this has been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Brian, thanks so much. But I hope you all enjoyed that great interview and thanks again for stopping by. And just one more quick thing before you run along in your day. If you were looking for some more resources, some more insight, you know, inspiration, things that get you going a little bit further on your journey, feel free to head over to my website, brianondraco.com forward slash subscribe. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter that comes out. That's more of a digest of a lot of information that I discover throughout the week, whether it's a new podcast I listen to, or maybe it's a great follow online that's very insightful or a video I came across. I put that in a digestible form that you get once a week as well as I blog three times a week. And these are very micro-type blogs, one to five-minute reads. They hit your inbox Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning and maybe give you a little dose of inspiration to get you going on your day. So feel free to sign up for those if it's something you might find as value. Thanks again for listening in. I hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Take care.